Creative director and ex rapper, you are listening to the Master of One podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that's still recovering from the Black Friday confrontation with an elderly woman. Spoiler alert. She won, and we have black eyes. Part one this week, we talk about Mondo's flat file sale, Watch Dogs 2, and Fantastic Beasts. We also welcome our friend Tom Whalen back to the show for his regular segment, 10 with Tom. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So refresh, click, and purchase, because this episode's going fast. Do you think it should be called Black Eye Day? We like to kick every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, or noteworthy about our week and things that are coming up. Luke, why don't you tell us about what's happening your week time? <laughs> okay. My Smooth. week time. Um, I got a book in the mail. I got two book. books. Luke, how long have you been reading? I just started. <laughs> I have uh, C. Jane Run and C. Dick Poop. <laughs> I think that is a situation you, you do not want to be in. <laughs> that is absolutely a situation you don't want to be in. I believe there's a salve for that. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely look that up on uh, what's that doctor? What's that doctor thing on the old internet? Uh, Fandango. <laughs> no, that doesn't that, work. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that needs a doctor because it is broke. Our, our, listen, our introductor, our introduction to this should have been the podcast that's still waiting in the queue for their Rogue One Not tickets. Not all of it. That's two thirds wow. waiting in the queue for Rogue One tickets. Shut up. All right, so I'll we'll keep be there. going. Um, so I got uh, a new, two new D and D books. One is Volo's Guide to Monsters. It's a, uh, it's a compendium they put out of like new. Uh, monsters and races and then another one i got that I'm, I'm more excited about it's called dungeonology and it was put out it's kind of like um this book of it's awesome uh like ha- kind of if you're starting with D D, kind of like this is where you start here's here's some uh tips here's some things you might not have known it talks about magic items like here's a list of like just some common stuff um but it's made in such a way where it's like each page has like a different kind of like paper craft kind of things that you can open up and find and explore throughout the pages of the book. Um, it's really, really elaborate and really, really awesome. Um, and I got it. It was on Amazon. I just got it on Amazon. It's called Dungeonology. And, um, there's like a little tiny book at the end. That's Volo's Guide to the Forgotten Realms. Kind of gives you a a, a little um, brief, like kind of story about the land that D and D takes place in. Um, but it's it's just super cool. Like I I just thought it was um, just kind of like a like an extra supplementary book. And then when I got it, it has all of this like. Um, extra like pop out stuff and different like leaflets that turn and open. Um, you can, you can, uh, 
Yeah, it's just super cool. It's it's done really well. And Is it a it, pop-up book? It has I, it has pop-up stuff to it, so I don't know if you can crazy. see. That's like, crazy. Yeah, I can see. It opens up into a, like a map. Like a big map. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I got that and I've just kind of been exploring and uh, reading through this book and it's it's $14. It was $14 on Amazon. Um, and I don't know if it's still going on, but there's holiday book, uh, is a code for any books. It might be 25 or more. You get $10 off a book. So I got both of those together and got $10 off. You have to buy 25 books or more or $25 or more. Yeah. $25 or more. So you get $10 off on the compendium about, um, the care or the, the, the compendium of monsters. Is it a conclusive guide like does it have all of the monsters previous as well it's so like if you buy it you're set no, or no. does so it it's add just, to the other book extras. of monsters yeah so okay all right. um they did that's this good thing. to know for you dnders out there yeah it's uh they did this thing um back in like I, I think it was second edition maybe 3.5 where they introduced this character named volo and he it kind of like is a narration of just kind of his travels in the world um and so they decided to kind of put out Volo's Guide to Monsters, which shows, like, some other monsters that they hadn't really talked about. They talked about, like, in books or, like, referenced in different lore, but not, like, actually weren't put out in the monster manual that has been, like, the compendium um, that's been, like, the the one that has been out since 5th edition came out. Um, so now this adds new stuff. And, uh, yeah, both books together, I mean, it's, like... It's cool. It's cool D&D reading time. Other than that, awesome. we put the tree up. Uh, we got the, our tree up. Um, I, I'm very, uh, very strict on like no Christmas uh, before Thanksgiving in my house. Um, so my wife. Ooh. Nope. That's no, just I, normal. I'm exact, I am exactly um, that way. So my wife okay. calendared uh, to put the tree up on Saturday. <laughs> she sent me a calendar invite for putting up the tree on Saturday. <sighs> And uh, we did. I got the fortunate. Uh, I got the fortunate. Uh, buy uh, you know by week this week because we were traveling back, so uh-huh. I don't actually have to put the Christmas tree up until next weekend. So, right, right, right. Um, I'm feeling super great about that. So, Patrick, you booed that. Are you guys like weirdos that like start listening to Christmas our music tree... as soon as it gets cold or what? Yeah, I mean, our, our tree was up two minutes ago. No, two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> I just read, I just I read like I minutes on my screen. Um, no, our tree was up two weeks ago. No, like you said, we're doing the, the trying to get Star Wars tickets. I'm really bummed because I had them, like I had made it through the whole process, entered my credit card information, hit purchase, and it just sat there and and just like I got the little spinny wheel for like five minutes, timed out, and then I ended up with no Well, that's tickets. what you get for trying to use fake credit cards, man. I tried Here's to tell the, you that. That's true. Stop using stolen credit cards. Uh, so... I know we always say peek behind the curtain. We typically record on a Monday night. This week we recorded on Sunday. Um, so this is, we are just mere, what, well now 48 minutes, 48 minutes from when the, when the tickets went on sale. I'm still in queue. I just dropped below the thousandth mark in the queue, but I started at over 5,000. I was almost 6,000 when I first started. I'm down to 961 people in front of me. So at some point during this record, you'll hear me rejoice, hopefully, that I was able to purchase my Rogue One tickets. But yeah, that's, that is the plight that Patrick is living in right now. His, the scowl on his face is, uh, is, reminiscent enough of a man who's been beaten by the internet one too many times. Uh, but Patrick, why don't you tell us about the rest of your week that maybe wasn't quite as crappy leading up to this? 
Yeah, absolutely. So a few things have happened. I have my little list right here. So one of the the we celebrated uh, Thanksgiving, but then Christmas uh, at my family's house because we have a lot of people we have to get together. I mean, there's seven of us, and then there's spouses and all that kind of stuff. So it's just one of those things that this if you is have, your your family or her family. Uh, this is my family. So okay. like. If you have everybody together, you just need to get done what you need to get done while you have them together because it's, it, you know, it's going to be a while before it can happen again. Love the ones you're with kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Can we pause yeah. for one second? Because I'm literally putting in my credit card information again. So one second. Well, how about this? Why don't we just instead of pause, why don't I just talk about my stuff? Because I still have how 829 about, people in front of me. Because I can talk and click, but I cannot talk and type. That's like. Yeah, that makes total sense. So um, let me tell you about my week. And then by the time that I'm done, Patrick will be done purchasing his tickets and we'll be able to celebrate with him. And then it'll just be me not able to see the movie on opening night. Um, so we were doing a ton of traveling last week. We were in California. I think you know that if you listen to the show regularly. Um, and hopefully you enjoyed the first two hot seat hey, interviews. If you are just joining us from meeting us at Reimagine, thanks for coming back. Oh yeah. yeah. That's thanks. a great, that's a, yeah. Way to go, Luke. Way to, way to plug that. That's fantastic. Yeah. If, if this is your first time listening to a master category episode because you were introduced to us at Reimagine, um, hi. Thanks for joining us. Um, but, uh, the Arizas were fantastic. They're hilarious. They're some of the best people, um, to hang out with. Uh, so anytime you're in, uh, Orange County, California, just hit them up. I'm sure they'll buy you a beer. Um, and, uh, but go listen to that episode. That was super fun. But after that, I flew from from California to Florida, where then I did my family vacation That's stuff. That's coast to coast. It is coast to coast. And I went from Disneyland to Disney World, which was cool. Did a meetup with a couple guys there, um, not the least of which is one of our listeners, uh, designer Matt. Uh, Matt is a super fun, cool guy. Um, and he has so many cool stories. Um, I'm not going to tell you any of them right now. I'm going to wait for him to come on the show and tell his stories because he's one of those guys who like... After he told me several of his stories, I said, bro, like, how come you never speak up about this stuff on the Slack channel? He's like, oh, you know, I don't want to be like that obnoxious guy who, like, knows everybody and has done everything. But he kind of knows everybody and has done everything. <laughs> and so I'm like, dude, your stories are incredible. Um, and then uh, met up with uh, another guy, uh, Derek Temple. He's the guy who hosts the uh, the pin sanctuary. He does incredible pins that are super fun. Uh, met up with him as well. Um, so I was happy to be back. I ordered a ton of stuff. I got stuff on. Uh, I got stuff from Joshua Budich. I got his mystery tube, um, and I'm really hoping that I get the. Uh, he has a foil, like a holographic foil, uncut print of all of his Star Wars engravings, and they're all on one sheet, a 24 by 36 sheet on holographic foil. Uh huh. So, um, I t- I gave him the old hey. Wink, you know, I gave him the old, hey, I, I'm going to buy one of these tubes. My wife told me I needed to buy one of these tubes, which she did. She wants the Christmas one that's definitely coming in there to match our one from last year. And uh, I said, I absolutely love this foil print. And he gave me a winky face. So I hope that means <laughs> I hope that means something fantastic. I remember last year I got the Darth Vader print that I, I wanted for months. Um, I'd like to think that just means he's he thinks I'm a little extra special. It could have just been a coincidence. The winky face may have been, I don't know, sun in his eyes or something. Um, but it was uh, so I, I was able to pick that up, um, ordered stuff from Andrew Kolb when he gave us his discount code um, a couple weeks ago. Dude, that should Kolb be in any neat. day. Kolb is way neat. Um, and I bought something else too. I bought another print. Oh, I got that Kubo print from Mondo. 
Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I cannot wait for that Kubo print. It looks amazing. It's done by Caesar or something. And he did the uh the the vinyl as well, which I should be getting probably in the next um month or so because that was a pre-order but then i also ordered right when we were talking to andrew kolb two weeks ago if you listen to that episode i ordered that day that during that episode beautiful darkness and it came in and uh, i just got in you know i just got back in town yesterday and this was waiting for me it's a beautiful book can you see it yes i'm holding it for it's a beautiful book if you um want something that has fantastic artwork it's totally in the vein of over the garden wall for sure just flipping through it, it it's so reminiscent of it um it's kind of a folksy art deal you can go and listen to him talk about it on two uh, two weeks ago on that episode i'm not gonna like rehash all of it but it is beautiful i'm excited to read it tomorrow's my day off i'm gonna read the whole thing um it's a nice hardbound book it feels nice. It's just great. So um, that's been my week. A lot of traveling, a lot of crazy stuff that uh, I don't even want to get into, but we ended up not coming home with a second car. Um, it broke down twice before we even left Florida. So we ended up having to pay $600 to rent a van to drive back to Texas. It's just crazy. But um, that's been my week. All right, Patrick, give us the thumbs up. Do you have tickets to Rogue One? Here's the deal. It has officially charged my credit card. I just still haven't got my confirmation. And I got another gateway timeout. So I've now officially spent the money and have nothing to show for it. That's a good sign, though. That's better. Yeah, Yeah, you've at least paid money to them. So they're they're on the hook for something. At least they're on the hook to reimburse you. (laughs) Right? So (laughs) Yeah, minimum, they have to give me money back. So... The funny thing is that the page that failed to load is the ticket order confirmation page. So that that makes me think that it did push through. Everything's good to go. I'm assuming at some point when their servers catch up, I'll get an email. So I'm going to stop looking at this and uh, and go back to my focus. So the point is we celebrated Christmas. Um, it was awesome. So when we were driving, this meant a lot of driving because she has family in Ohio. I have family in Georgia. And, uh, you know, we were slow in booking plane tickets. So we ended up just doing the drive. So... Um, the, I had to, the Mondo flat file sale kind of took place somewhere driving through Cincinnati. I'm gonna talk about that later. Uh, went down home, spent it with the family afterwards. Uh, we went and we did some swapping and I ended up, so the guy that had, you know, a 16 gigabyte phone, uh, we've talked about this before. I know, um, the three of us, because y'all didn't understand how I've lived with only 16 gigabytes. I now have an iPhone seven plus the 128 in jet black, um, I I think I'm cool now. I don't know. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. You did some swapping. Well, what happened? My parents needed phones, and he I went, had a he went to HR swap agains. No, no, no. <laughs> I I ended up just uh, giving my phone. Uh, me and Mackenzie gave our phones to my parents, mm-hmm. and then we just added new phones to our, our plans. So it wasn't really swapping as much as giving and buying. But oh, um, gotcha. but yeah, I think that I'm I'm cool now. So let me say this: I wasn't, I didn't want to upgrade initially because I didn't think I would notice much of a difference. Um, the biggest difference I notice now is it feels like I'm carrying an iPad with me everywhere because this freaking thing is gigantic. Um, but it does it does feel faster. Everything just looks a little bit nicer and a little clearer. I had this thing for about 15 minutes and then I had to pick up my 6s to help my parents with something. And uh, it, it immediately felt archaic. It's hilarious. So um, I am I am in the uh, the current times. Mackenzie, by the way, while I was um, like 
her way of celebrating the holidays was finishing Gilmore Girls, which I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have done. My wife just just finished doing that. Did you watch those with her, Andrew? Uh, I watched a couple of minutes of each uh, of of the first episode and the last episode. And honestly, it was kind of funny. Oh, I really enjoyed it. I actually, I didn't see, so I guess it goes winter, spring, summer, fall is the order. That's the four episodes. I didn't watch winter and I didn't watch spring, but I did watch summer and fall. And uh, I, and I've seen a lot of the show because Mackenzie tends to watch it and I'll be, you know, sitting in my chair and it's on in the background. So I, you know, I know who the characters are and I have an idea. Wait, your uh, chair faces a different direction than TV? No, no. Well, I'm typically looking at my computer, oh, okay. so it's like the background of that. But I, I'll say I'm actually really happy with how they wrapped it up. It ended up not being a show about, and this might be spoilers, so I apologize. It, and, but I'm not going to actually give spoilers. But it ended up not really being uh, something wrapping up. You know, the idea is that Lorelai she has a, a kind of a bad past, past, and she's tried to make this new, clean, nice future for Rory. That's the whole thing. And so that's the reason she went to Chilton, and then she ended up at Yale, and and she's had the support of her grandparents and all that kind of stuff. And so the whole time it feels like you know someone trying to you know Lorelai trying to give her kid a better life. What it ends up being is. Uh, not that it ends up being a show about Lorelai, um, finding peace with her past. I feel like that's kind of more of where it ended up. And, and I like the direction it was taken. I'm not going to say any more cause I don't want to give away like any big plot points, but, uh, I enjoyed what they did with it. Uh, last thing, and then we'll, we'll move on in the episode, but I did get to okay, see the can movie. I, can I say this real quick before you say yeah, that go about ahead. that? So I've never watched Gilmore Girls. I never that was never a thing for me. What I what I did do in recent past was uh, in, within the last two years, I've watched several Aaron Sorkin shows like Newsroom and um, West Wing, and I think doing that has helped me have a better appreciation for the humor in Gilmore Girls because of ha- how fast they talk and how the dialogue is so back and forth. I didn't. It was harder for me to capture that before watching Aaron Sorkin shows. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, can you see that correlation? So, anyway. Yeah, uh, let me say this, by the way. Uh, I just got my confirmation from Fandango. It says I bought six tickets for Arrival on Friday, November 18th. Are you serious? I'm not even... I'm not even joking, but it, it's it's wrong. It's showing me a different last four digits to my card. It's showing me a different amount charged. It's just literally showing me just the wrong confirmation page. But it's it's hilarious. That hey, it can, is I, show- can I can I book into this? What I just that? got my confirmation to two tickets opening night <laughs> together at Alamo Draft House. I and I get the glass with it and all that jazz. Oh, well, you did it. Fandango is killing me, and this is all Regal uses. So my last thing, I did see the movie Bleed for This. Bleed for This is the movie with, um, oh, gosh, what's the guy's name from Whiplash? and uh, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Man, I don't know why I was blanking on it. But anyway, Miles Teller, uh, it's uh, you know it's based on a true story of the life of, uh, life of this boxer who has this pretty crazy comeback story. It's in the preview, so, so you'll, you'll see it. It's, uh, you know, he's a multiple-time, like, uh, kind of world champion for whatever his weight is. He ends up getting in a car wreck, breaks his neck. Doctor tells him he, you know, he's never going to box again. He might not even walk again. The guy ends up making a full comeback and then ultimately winning another title. And it's incredible. It's it's a, um, it's well, a, a well known. Alert. 
Oh, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a well-known story. I mean, it, in the boxing world, it's a well-known story. It, it is like the biggest comeback. Uh, the guy ended up boxing up till the year 2000, so I, I, I looked him up and kind of read into it. It's, uh, it is, 2000. It is nice. decently, from what I can tell, decently uh, accurate. They cut in a lot of like real footage in the midst of like what's going on. Um, I really, really enjoyed the film. Uh, it's a little bit more adult. Like there's a, a, a few more like sexual situations than maybe I expected or really that you see in R-rated movies nowadays. It seems like R-rated movies have like kind of cleaned up a bit on that side. Um, but yeah, so there's a little bit more of HBO. Exactly, like exactly. it's a, uh, Game of Thrones and, and Westworld and stuff is just sucking that out of all the other mediums. Um, but anyway, um, it, yeah, it's uh, yeah, exactly. They did some cool things, I think, with some of the cuts and some of the audio and and uh, some of the things like that. Uh, now, it was it, a fun movie to watch. Is Go it ahead. up for any? Do you think it'll be up for any awards this year? I mean, the only one I could imagine is if Miles Teller was up for something for his acting. Well, but do that's, you think that's editing? Like, do you think do you think the editing is such that it would win for anything like that? Because it didn't be, Whiplash win for editing, and that was another it, Miles Teller movie. Yeah, but I think the editing stuff that I think would stand out was kind of few and far between. I mean, there's only maybe two or three times where they really, where I would say they really like employed this technique, um, and they do a good job with it. But most of the movie is, is fairly standard. Um, so I- anyway, I, you know, I don't, but well, did Whiplash win or was that the same year that, um, Birdman came out? You know what? I don't remember. So I'm not going to say it. So anyway, but the yeah, point is, know. it's a, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of stereotypical. I mean, if you've seen a bunch of boxer movies then you may kind of have this feeling of, well, it's another boxer movie and it's the arc we're kind of familiar with. But the thing is, Miles Teller kills it and it. He is so convincing in a, in his role that it's uh, completely worth worth watching, even if you only watch for him. So that's all my stuff. Y'all can uh, take it away and carry us into the next section. So that's it for Around the Table. Up next, 10 with Tom. Every month we talk to one of our favorite people in the entire world, and he just so happens that he also is a fantastic artist. The fact that we love him has nothing to do with his art, to be honest. But we are happy to bring once again another installment of 10 with Tom with Mr. Tom Whalen. Thank oh, you, guys. It's, it's getting really deep in here, but thanks for inviting me back. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it deep. That's where we yeah. like to swim um, because Luke can't touch the bottom, and it's really funny. Um, all right, so uh, tell everybody. you got 10 minutes. I'm going to set the timer, um, and, uh, and you can go right now. All right, so uh, this past week I just opened up a new uh, two-man show at Spoke Art Gallery in uh, San Francisco with Dave Perilla uh, called Super Science Fair. And uh, we pay homage to a lot of our favorite uh, science fiction, th- this heavily leaning on the science in science fiction. So okay. there's, um, there's um, homages to Fantastic Four, uh, Jet Jaguar from the old Godzilla movies, um, the Sulaco from Aliens, uh, just taking different angles on pop culture, um, the science of pop culture. So we, we each did about, uh, seven or eight prints, um, and a couple sketch originals and, uh, the show just opened up last week. Yeah. And, and to, to quite a bit of a claim, I've seen it all over the place on the old Instagrams, um, seeing different pieces of either yours or Dave's. Um, tell us a little bit about how that, like how that came to be, like who, who, 
who reached out to who or whom reached out to whom, whatever the grammatically correct way of saying this. Um, uh, we, how'd that happen? Dave had done work with uh, Ken Harmon, who uh, runs Spoke Art uh, for a few years now. And uh, I got uh, the chance to talk to him at New York Comic Con last year. And we, uh, maybe even the year before, uh, and we started to kind of, you know, he offered us a, a spot to do a show. And uh, it's pretty much with, with most of these shows, um, when you're invited to do a show, you can you pretty much cook up the theme yourself and run it by the gallery owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, once he greenlit that, it was pretty much, you know, Dave and I were on our own. Um, you know. So for theming and everything, or when when he goes to the gallery owner, does he say, hey, we're thinking this is, we're going to do a show about science fiction? We, uh, he, he said we should work together sometime. Ken, Ken, uh, talked to Dave and I at that, at New York and, um, he, you know, he offered us the show and then Dave and I kind of cooked up the idea okay, and, and ran it by him before we, you know, put pencil to paper and, uh, he was cool with the idea. And then from there it was, uh, probably over the course of maybe six to eight months it took us to, to pull it together and get it printed. So feel free to correct me, um, but I, I've actually had trouble differentiating which prints are yours and which prints are Dave's. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And I'm <laughs> totally un, uh, non-by-design, but I think that really? I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we didn't do that. We didn't kind of like push our styles to the middle, uh, but it, it really does work that way. I looked at the show all together and it, um, it, it meshes really well. Yeah, if it, it felt intentional, some of the prints, I mean, feel like you like punch, punch, punch. That one feels more like what I would expect um, from you. But whether the flashcards, but then also like uh, the adventure and exploration print, like not in a bad way, but it just it isn't, I guess, what I would expect typically to see from you is as far as like uh, maybe even like the color treatment. Yeah. And uh, uh, one thing that does, I think, unify the show and when, when we do two man shows we usually split sheets for printing so we can, um, in other words, if we're working in a four-color palette, we'll each use half of a large sheet and kind of divvy it up. And so we get use the same color palettes. Oh. Um, it's more economical to print a large print and break it down into smaller prints um, instead of printing each – if we each have five or six posters – it, we kind of gang them up on sheets and, and get them right. printed together. So it, that really does help unify a show. And it's, it's, we've done that before and it, it, I think it, it pulls everything together. Yeah, that's, that's smart. And I would have never, it, it just, I would never have thought to do it that way. And that makes a ton of sense. It's economical, like you said, and, and it saves, I think, uh, in one regard, it would be, uh, less it would take something off of your plate in terms of planning and then the other regard it's a little bit challenging to say okay now we're going to work this same color palette in a different angle for a different piece and have it be solely separate absolutely yeah. in other words the easiest way to put it is it's cheaper to print one uh 24 by 36 say four color sheet instead of two 18 by 24 14 four color sheets so it's exactly. just and more economical just and then it would just, yeah, just the, the printer cuts it for us. So typically what will happen is I'll design a sheet, I'll design a, a, my poster and, and say, hey, Dave, here's, a, here's my four colors. Take them and, and apply them to one of your prints and then he'll do the same. So we usually one of us, uh, it, the, the color selection is split up between the two of us. We usually okay, just kind of so hand files back and forth. 
Now I'm trying to guess which ones were combined. Can you give me a hint? At like the, the uh, periodic table cards, the the little scientists, they were done on the same sheet as the uh, Fantastic e. Science and the uh-huh. E.T. and the Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's all. I think those were three color. They were all three color designs. And what size? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that I all fit that. on one 24 by 36 sheet. And what I here's what I love. Um, and I don't think I've seen this before. Maybe Spoke Art does this all the time. I haven't actually done a ton with Spoke Art. I see, obviously, I hear about them all the time, and I know they do the bad dads, and they, they're kind of infamous for that whole deal. Um, uh, and like, no, that's gallery. Okay, but um, the super. Sorry, I just had a whole conversation in my head. Uh, Luke will cut it out, so don't even worry about it. No, he won't. He's fine. Um, <laughs> Give that time back to Tom. Go ahead. Yeah, that's how, yeah. You get those twelve seconds back. Um, the Super Science Fair matching set, where you can buy the entire show for yeah. a set amount of dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that was uh, Spokart's idea. So I think they do that with uh, with with their show, so so collectors can just dive in and get a discount and buy the whole thing at once. And and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, it would seem like this is kind of how they how you guys did stuff at the Inforama show anyway with Mondo. Um, all of those are gonna be a matching number set too. So uh, yeah. yep. like okay. So they're all gonna be number twelve or all number whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool and that's cool and that's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So as part of this trip, though, um, you got to do something super rad and you started to tell us off air, um, but we're saving it because we, we want to hear all everybody wants to hear about your trip to the pilgrimage. Um, <laughs> uh, that is the Mecca for people. Where did you go and what did you do? Well, actually, I got to do two amazingly cool things. I had one. I, I, I flew out uh, for, for family emergency health, which everything is fine reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, I had to cut the trip short, so I wound up flying out the day of the show, landing, signing all the prints, uh, getting changed, going to the gallery. That was that was the day one. So day two, um, I had donated. Uh, Pixar reached out to me. A, a guy by the name of Rob Rowe at Pixar uh, reached out to me a couple of years ago for a donation for a uh, charity auction that they were having, and I donated a print. And then he asked again last year. And I donated a, I believe it was Inside Out print last year. Uh, so he said, if you're ever in the in the Bay Area, let me know. I'll give you a tour. So I got to visit Pixar, and he gave like the the, the red carpet tour for probably the better part of three hours. Oh um, my gosh! I got to have lunch with a guy by the name of uh, Ricky Nerva, who was who's one of the lead. Uh, I want to say, I guess, production designers. Um, I forget his exact title. He designed Roz from Monsters Incorporated. Wow. Oh, he he okay, did a lot you know. of, yes. Yeah, he <laughs> did a lot of work for Monsters, Monsters Incorporated. The guy's uh, unbelievable. I knew his work immediately and his name um, as soon as I met him. That's uh, fantastic. But uh, to tour that campus was mind blowing, like, absolutely mind blowing. Not just the, and we got to, like, walk through the set of the new movie they're working on. We kind of got a little bit behind the scenes stuff. It was it was absolutely like mind blowing. I'm guessing uh, that literally zero any part of that that you're allowed to talk about. Yeah, I, I did not. <laughs> to, to be yeah, to be honest, I didn't even see they they kind of walked us through quickly through that portion of the tour. But uh, I mean, that's like, crazy. Um, John Lasseter and Andrew Stanton were like sitting there eating lunch next to us. It was it was so <laughs> surreal, and to see all these the people that. I look up to so much just kind of just it was lunchtime. So we got to eat lunch with, you know, like 
with this with this Ricky guy and, and Rob and just as people what? people were just walking by like Andrew Stanton walked by and it, it was it was pretty crazy. I'm reading these IMDb pages and it's just blowing me away. What, was their table like the cool kids table? Obviously, was that like where their cheerleaders no, 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 no. were sitting no, no, no. and all that kind of stuff? Every table is the cool kids table. Yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> every, everybody there is the cool kid. It is, it is oh such a welcoming, like uh, creative. It, it's it's not even it's the the space is gorgeous and the they have uh, there was they have an, a rotating art gallery of all. Uh, production art from their last film, so Finding Dory, uh, like all the original um, artwork, that's and production. That awesome, was hanging up. It's just that that's great, but there's just such an energy in the building, just because the people are so great. And and Rob uh, was kind of taking us around, uh, and just everyone is so like they they spent we spent three hours with him and it was just like, you know, he, everybody's made feel special. there. It was, it was, it was just such a great environment. It's, Dude. it really is. You can see why their films stand, stand apart. Sure. Man, that I'm super jealous. Um, that's so fantastic. I would love, uh, to, to do that one day. And if you ever wonder if you've made it in life, it's if you've been given a red carpet treatment at Pixar. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you made you. it. And you it, also, like, <laughs> on, on top of that, like I, I, I I had given a print to uh, one of the animation directors of Rango uh, three years ago. Yeah. And yeah. He, he, Hal Hickel, he uh, works at Industrial Light Magic. So he had emailed me the day before and said, hey, do you want to come over for lunch to ILM? And I said, <laughs> I would love to, but I'm having lunch at Pixar, um, which is so crazy. <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, you know, if you're available later in the afternoon, come on over. So we got to do like another red carpet tour of industrial light and magic wow. for the, for the second half of that day. So it, it was absolutely. So I saw you, you posted day. a photo of like, yeah. of like a Boba Fett, uh, like a life-size Boba Fett. Right. Yeah. And yeah. in my head I was thinking, Oh, that's cool. They have that at Pixar. I didn't realize that you had gone to ILM. Yeah. So we got to, um, <laughs> he took us in the, the motion capture studio um, and just showed us all the props and, and he, he's actually finishing up work on Rogue One so he couldn't even show us he couldn't even take us to his office because it's a completely closed set right now wow but, um, gosh. Dave and I were kind of trying to pry answers out of him about Rogue One and it just uh, he was he was way too savvy but uh, it, it was a fantastic fantastic tour too <laughs> you can tell us everything that you learned about it once we're off air um <laughs> yeah, dude that's uh that's your time you you've fulfilled your 10 minute obligation um once again uh, to the charity that like is one the, minute. the m of the m of one podcast <laughs> charity that you give to i'm assuming you get some kind of tax deduction for talking to us every month absolutely um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason he does it charity donation um, <laughs> but um dude thanks so much for chatting with us i'm so happy for you that you got to do all that stuff i'm glad that everybody's okay and i look forward to uh some prospects that may be coming up in the in the maybe not so distant future um but uh tell everybody where they can find your work right now and support what you're doing right now uh my website is strongstuff.net uh twitter is strongstufftom and uh instagram is strongstuff and if you guys want to check out the show at spoke art it's um www.spoke.net dash art.com and uh there's a link on the main page 
Yeah, you're right there at the very top. The, your show is is headlined right at the very top. So thanks for taking time to chat with us. Go buy his stuff. Um, it is fantastic and uh, support great art. Do it, do it, do it. Thanks, Tom, for chatting with us. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Well, that's it for Time with Tom. Up next, Master Categories. So every week we do our Master Categories, which is where we talk about the tokens we drew the week before, and then we pick um, our topics based on those categories. So, uh, Luke... Why yes. don't you start us off this week? Okay. Um, I had toys and games. And yeah, you did. That's just a great thing to have because I love it so much. Um, I'm going to talk about Watch Dogs 2. Uh, that was a game oh, that sweet. came out uh, in the last couple weeks. Um, Wait, it's out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it came out a couple it's weeks weird. ago. It's weird. I have a code for it. Um, I don't Watch know Dogs what that 2. Means. Uh, I, so he calls Sam's, it Watch Dogs Four, but we all know no, no. what he means. No, like <laughs> code. code so during Black Friday, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, Samsung was running the special where if you bought these certain hard drives, it came with a, a code for Watch Dogs, for Watch Dogs Two, for a digital download. Oh, cool. And Thanks I for got a digital download. Well, you had to buy a hard drive. <laughs> I don't know. So I got the. I'm realizing now why. Okay, I'm sorry, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I got the digital download. But it says that you can't redeem it until the 29th of this month. Oh, that's So, like, weird. I had the download. Probably so you don't, I, don't return it or something. Like, get the code, yeah. download it, and then yeah, return totally the hard drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so it, it's put out by Ubisoft. Um, they did the first game. Um, this one is it's pretty much just like uh, the other one. Um, it is uh, you go through San Francisco and you are uh, hacking away uh, and trying to uh, – basically, there's a company that is collecting uh, data mining everybody's information when they use um, their cell phone or their tablet or their phone or their internet, like the computer, like whatever they use. This company is gathering information and like uh, then selling it. Like if, if uh, let's say you – uh, buy pizzas uh, like four times a week, they will share that information with your healthcare provider, uh, which will then make your premiums go up. So it's like this company just hmm. doing like really kind of shady stuff. Um, and your job, you are a part of this group of hackers and you need to get um, people to uh, start following you or noticing what you're doing by doing different like uh, – kind of missions where you expose different corrupt things going on and uh, and as people follow you then you eventually can expose this big company to what they're doing and uh, that's basically the premise of the game you go around uh, San Francisco and um, kind of uh, hack different things and expose different uh, secrets and lies that people are doing and uh, it's super fun so um, the first game there were some bugs with like driving, um, some bugs with like just different um, kind of interactive, like uh, what is that called? Uh, uh, collision, like uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Collision modeling. Um, that seems to be fixed. It's great. The game looks gorgeous. It's it's just a really really easy play, really fun. Um, it's I don't remember was the first one based out of San Francisco. I want to say it was based somewhere else. Um, so I played the first one. I played the first one on PS4. I totally do not remember what it was based yeah, off of. I, I was either. gonna. I would have said LA, but I don't remember. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Um, 
but this one is set in San Francisco and like you have Silicon Valley and um, you, you there's missions where you go through um, this campus called uh, Nerdle, which is basically like Google. Um, you have to hack into there and uh, and it's super closely modeled to this. Like absolutely. right, like you can. If I remember right, that in the first one, people were actually like taking screenshots of actual places and comparing it in game. Yeah, and it felt nearly identical. Like so, it, it is crazy the detail. Yeah, and it's exact same with this game. That's There's maybe actually, not great for security, though, right? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I mean, to a certain <laughs> for extent, for some of those lo- like for some the of way those the locations, city, right? Well, it's I think it's more modeled um, after the way the city's laid out, not necessarily like what people's houses look like or, you know, that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Um, but that's a component of the game. So in the game you have a phone and that's kind of your main, uh, tool that hacks into things and you use it for maps. And, uh, there's a music player that's built into that, um, very reminiscent of like Grand Theft Auto. Um, but there's also like pictures so you can take selfies, or take pictures at these monuments or these city like spots and you can gain followers that way. Um, and it was kind of cool to kind of like, as you go through these, they'll pop up different places you're at. You can take pictures and kind of get to know, uh, like pseudo San Francisco a little bit, which that's a city I've never visited. So it was, it was kind of cool. Um, seeing things that I've seen like in TV shows, it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot that was San Francisco. Um, but all in all, the game is is super fun. It's a really fun play. Uh, it gets a little repetitive, much like Grand Theft Auto or um, Watch Dogs One or any of those kind of like mission based uh, like sandbox games. Um, it gets a little repetitive, but the story is such that um, it, you want to play through it. It's it's well act- the voice acting is really well done. Uh, the cutscenes are are look um, really good. Uh, yeah. It's it's definitely a good so, game. So you said you would say it's as addictive as Grand Theft Auto when it just comes to free roam. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because I know that I like that's probably the ninety percent of how I've played that game yeah. is literally just yeah. like figuring out what you can do. Right, and they they also have a cool thing where at different points in the game, um, there will be like uh, online multiplayer like jump in spots where like if somebody in their game has like uh the cops chasing them like they raise their like wanted level enough um it'll actually show in your game and you can work with the cops as like a bounty hunter to take that person out and then you get certain like money or different things for if you take them out out. it's cool it's super fun that does that does stress me out those kinds of games Um, i don't need real people after me luke i know man that's fun (laughs) it's super fun um, I'd much rather it be a Goomba that I can jump on. <laughs> but that was it. I mean, I would say get it. It's on uh, PC. It's on PS4. It's on Xbox One. Uh, pick it up. Have some fun. Throw it to somebody. I'll throw it to Andrew. All right. I had uh, TV and film this week. And uh, honestly, it, w- it was a great week to have it because I just saw... Um, first of all, I got Kubo on um blu-ray and so excited we watched that in the van oh, on the I way home that. um it's fantastic have you seriously not seen I the movie at seen all it. i just didn't get a chance to oh my it. oh my my my, Wait, my. Did, yeah do you haven't uh, seen either patrick no it doesn't uh, it, that doesn't surprise me. me he's not he's not the master of tv and film 
no, no, I'm not into. I'm, you know this about no, me. Yeah. I, I just don't get into animated yeah. films. If I saw it with the right group of people, I'd want to see it. Sure. But if I'm going by myself, that's just not something I want I to go that. to. But you I mean, know, but you know, you know all of what goes into it, and you are an appreciator of the artistry and yeah. craft that goes behind it's it. That's fine. what's so surprising. No, I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. It does look. Well, just because like you know what he's it. saying doesn't mean that he doesn't that he's not wrong. Well, it's like <laughs> there's this fair. whole world of like anime out there that people love, and and it's so amazing. And incredible and, and funny and life changing and dramatic and I just so do not care about it. Can I, I get one yeah, thing? This I get is that like, element of it, but this is completely like, off topic. This is industry changing stuff that they did though, it's like true. pushing the industry forward. But is it really so, going? Anyway. So I'll say this though, based on the sales and the numbers and how long it was in box office, is it really going to change the industry? Because I don't think yeah, people are going to be like, yeah, we should do that. It's going to because they'll no longer be in the industry. <laughs> That's how it'll be industry changing. Uh, it looked incredible, uh, though. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean that that statement I think is just for laughs because there's no way that this no, doesn't no, it, take it home is, things. It is for laughs. I mean, there's no. There I think is there's a, a little bit of truth to it. I was going to say there is a there is a reality you can call it a sad reality that if stuff doesn't make money, then it's not going to get invested in that. That that is what it is. Right. So these things have to be profitable, or they will cease to exist. Yeah, I, um, I totally agree. So the movie is great. Anyway, that's not my topic. I've already talked yeah, about it. Okay, that's about. fine. Go ahead. Um, my, uh, But what I did see, a brand new film, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's the new, um, I would call it a, uh, a, a happy jaunt down, uh, down the wizarding world. Uh, of Harry Potter, although it is not Harry Potter. Um, so if you've not seen huh. this film yet or you're okay. not familiar with it, um, it's uh, J.K. Rowling, and this is her first screenplay that she's ever written, um, but it is definitely part of the wizarding world. So the 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 basic premise of how this movie came to be, and then I'll give a brief thing, a brief, brief review of the actual film. Um, as she was writing the Harry Potter novels um, and stories, she talks about this book called the fantastic beasts and where to find them. Um, because you know, there, this whole, this whole story takes place in this school of Hogwarts. Um, and, uh, so there's textbooks and there's things like that. So JK Rowling is very, very methodical and very, um, I want, I don't want to say completist. That's not the right word, but she's very intense in her, in her, uh, style. So, she writes about this book in these other books called The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. But then in the process of doing that develops this whole story about Newt, who's the who's the author. And I can't remember his his last name. And on IMDb, it doesn't have his last name listed. But this character Newt, like I think it's Scavander. I think that's his last name, but I can be I totally wrong. I think you're right. It's something strange um, like that. It's something like that. Uh, and... And she develops this whole story about how this book came to be. Fast forward now, however many years since she wrote those books um, and developed them into films and all those different things. And it became this worldwide phenomenon and all this stuff um, and has theme parks now for it. Um, and now this movie is the first of, I believe, a five part movies franchise <laughs> um, that is telling the story about how Newt Scavander, I believe, played by Eddie uh, Redmayne uh, of the Danish girl fame. Uh, and I believe he was in, um, he play, he was in, uh, Les Mis, I believe the live action Les Mis mm -hmm. movie. He was. Um, 
He was also and in the movie with what's his name with like the jet roller skates going through space. Jupiter oh, ascending. Yeah, and uh <laughs> and he played Stephen Hawking's, right? In the theory of everything. Yeah. So yes. he's he's kind of noted as being a very dramatic actor and and uh and he plays all sorts of different roles, but he plays this very unique and fun and eclectic individual in this movie and he has this this briefcase, um this suitcase that he carries around and he, there are all these fantastic beasts inside of it. It's a magical briefcase. He he comes from the magical world. Um but he transports over to um I say transports. He takes a he takes a boat over to the uh, the United States into uh, New York in 1926. I believe is the year that this movie takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and in th- the whole film is uh, is kind of it's fun. It's kind of centered around this thing. I'm not going to go heavily into it because there are some twists. There is some stuff that if you're if you're not familiar with it, um, you would definitely. Uh, want to watch this with fresh eyes. Um, but uh, Eddie Redmayne plays the main character. Uh, Colin Farrell is um, kind of the... Uh, I don't want to call him an antagonist, but he definitely plays the opposite to Newt in the, in yeah, the Wizard in the, in the movie. Yep. There's a cameo by a heavy-hitting actor, which I did not know was going to happen, and uh, I was super excited when I saw it. I won't go into any more than that. John Stamos. Yep, John Stamos shows up, and he plays that song, um, uh, If every word I said could make you laugh, I'd talk forever. <laughs> it's just the whole, then the entire cast of Full House comes out. Um, it's beautiful, honestly. Um, but I didn't see it coming. That's what's crazy. That's why these books are so incredible. Um, but, uh, I cannot remember for the life of me who, like, the, uh, so Eddie Redmayne would definitely play the straight character, and then, like, his goofy sidekick is played by, I can't remember his name. Oh my okay. gosh! You're doing great. Luke, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's Jacob. The character is Jacob. <sighs> is it Jacob? Yeah. Why <laughs> is it not listed on here on on IMDb? I cannot remember the actor's name to yeah, save it is. my freaking life. Anyway, um, he's from Balls of Fury. If you remember that uh, movie from I don't know, probably six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, He's funny. He's kind of, you know, Jack Blackian in his in his uh, mannerisms, uh, kind of the goofy, chubby guy, whatever. But th- the movie is is really well done. I really liked it. The storytelling of it. I liked that it was a new Dan take Fogler. on the Wizarding World. That's who it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I said. I I like. I like that it was a look back into the wizarding world. There were mentions of characters. So essentially where this film takes place in the Harry Potter storyline is, um, you know, it starts in 1926 and then it ends, um, right around when the, when Voldemort kind of starts to become a, a character of evil. If you're familiar with this, you know, the Harry Potter films or books. So, um, this is definitely part of that story, but it's a pre precursor to Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. but you'll hear names like Albus Dumbledore. And, um, you know, of course, Newt who, who comes up several times in the future, uh, books. But, um, I thought it was really creative. I thought it was really fun. The, um, you know, you talk about the, the graphics, not the graphics, but the, the, uh, CGI, the, yeah, the the CGI 
I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it's at this point, it's all just great, right? So you don't, like, you don't mention that as much, but it's great. I mean, there's so much um, happening in this film that's got to be, you know, uh, green or blue screen. Yeah. Um, probably very little actual practical effects in this film at all. Yeah. If I had to guess. Um, but it was great. And I thought the story was, was captivating and, and it set it up obviously to, uh, it had a nice rounded out, you know, uh, nature to it so that it kind of sits as its own, just like the other Harry Potter movies do, but then sets up a tone for a larger story. Um, and, uh, and I think they've already confirmed that it's going to be like four more films yeah. of this. So um, anyway, Luke, you have seen it. Yes. Um, what it was today. your take on it? Um, well, so you said it's a fun, it's a fun jaunt into the world of Harry Potter, and I would say it's not that. Um, I think I love being in that world for sure. I love being back in in that world. Um, the movie is is dark. The movie's dark and and at times super serious. Um, I agree with that. Sorry if if I gave the impression that it was all fun and games. That's not what I, I meant. I meant it was fun for me to come oh, back into the wizarding fun world. To be that's in what that I meant world. By that. The movie is not lighthearted though. It is. It's, no, it's, it's not. Serious. It's, not. it's dark. There's some like it's, he- it's heavy. There's some really serious themes that happen. Yeah. Um. That you know fit really well into the time period they're in. I think. Um, but some of it was just like, oh man, this is like, yikes. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I I did think, like the the effects were great. Like you said, there were some parts where um, interaction between live action characters and a CG model felt a little awkward. Um, you probably know the parts I'm thinking of. Absolutely. Um. But those, I mean, for what they were, I think they were done really well. Um, yep. I, I struggled to like in one particular part, I struggled to know whether they had the animation made first or they made the animation based on his reaction um, because that's a great that I, I had that same feeling and, yeah. I, and off air. We'll talk about yeah, what yeah, that yeah, is yeah, because. Yeah. Because I, um, I had those same feelings. Yeah, yeah. but the, the cameos were great. Uh, Kowalski, uh, Jacob Kowalski, uh, Dan Fogler, his character is the best part of the whole movie. Um, 100%. The giggle so, water, yeah. favorite oh part of the gosh, whole movie. Oh my gosh, I laughed. I laughed <laughs> so loud in I the laughed, theater. That, I laughed so hard. Yeah, yeah, Rachel turned to me like I was a crazy person. Um, I was laughing well into the next yeah, scene after so that, good. honestly. It was so good. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's it is heavy. It's a heavy Harry Potter movie. Um, and I would say like one thing that struck me, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it, I don't love it as much as Harry Potter. And I was, I'm struggling to, to kind of know why. Cause it doesn't like, you definitely feel like you're in the world, but it doesn't feel, you don't have the same feelings coming out of it. And I think it's because, um, the movie was slightly slow. I, I think for me, and it doesn't have the emotion behind it that Harry Potter draws like I felt like Newt was a little bit um it was hard to to read him as a character it's a little absolutely. hard absolutely a little hard to like kind of find uh, a a way to, a reason to like him not, well, you didn't not know that if he's he was a bad a, guy or that he was rude. No, or I mean. think you just didn't know if he was a genius or oblivious. Right, exactly. He was he was hard to read. Yep. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. And so it didn't 
it didn't have that emotional connection that you feel like with with Harry or Ron or Hermione, like any of our uh, of those characters that we all know and love. You know, you don't. Now feel... you might you might get there. Absolutely, you know, sure. Four, you might get four there. Films from yeah, now, it's fair and this to is say. Like, like anything, it's new. But I feel like after watching watching the Sorcerer's Stone or reading the book, that you 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 loved those characters, or you you had emotions at least. With those characters, and right now I, I don't know if I have any emotions uh, besides to uh, Kowalski's character. I definitely know that that uh, that Newt has the the uh, possibility of being a very lovable character. I don't know that that's what this that this movie did for us. Sure. So, w- would you give it? Um, what would you give it on a scale of one to ten? Uh, man, it's hard because that world being back in the world was great, but just some of the, uh, nuances of the movie, I'd probably give it a seven. Yeah, I'd say I'd probably give it an eight. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely heavier. So anyway, endorsements from, it sounds like from both of us. Yeah. Go go see this movie. Um, very, very fun. I imagine if you're into 3d movies, this would be a very fun one in 3d. Um, so if you have that opportunity, maybe go do that if you enjoy those, if you enjoy 3D films. But, uh, yeah, I give it a thumbs up and I, I look forward to, uh, uh, what, what comes next. And if you've seen the film and you know what we're talking about with the giggle water, just tweet at us or drop, <laughs> drop us a line or something in the Slack and just say giggle water. Like, I totally get it. So, um, all right, Patrick, uh, close us out. Absolutely. So I told you earlier that we had uh, the flat file cell that Mondo had. So for those that aren't familiar, let me uh, let me wrap. Both of those are number one. Mondo is a uh, uh, there. It's I don't want to use the word collective, but the point is they uh, commission and produce uh, artwork, and uh, it's uh, their movie posters specifically. Um, and they're around, I mean, it's going to be tons of properties that you know, or that your buddies know, whatever. I mean, I see stuff all the time that I've never heard of, but Luke is, uh, the old man on the team and he, he ends up <laughs> telling me where it came from. So, but, but the point is they, uh, contract and different still artists. Won't buy them. <laughs> yeah. So lo- lots of guys that we've had on the show and lots of guys that we, you know, we hope to have on the show, but, uh, really just a wide range of styles and, and whatever. And they do limited runs. So a run could be 50 prints or it could be 450 prints. Sometimes they'll do timed releases like they've been doing with the Mike Mitchell, uh, Star Wars pieces recently. Uh, but the point is, um, that's kind of what Mondo is. So, so they, they release posters for uh, popular properties from you know different artists across different styles typically in limited numbers and that makes them collectible so what they do they've been doing this for for years and years now and uh what they used to do is every black friday they would do what they call a flat file sale and that's where they would take prints that are now sold out and they would offer them to the public and so these are prints that may have sold out last month or they may have sold out three years ago um, but they're prints that, that they may only have one or two of, and they would make them available to the public for the public to purchase. Uh, they used to only do this at their actual gallery, which is in Austin. Well, starting last year, they decided to put them up online. And so this year is the second year of that, where they actually took these prints that are previously sold out prints, and they made them available online. Now, um, there were about... Uh, a little bit over 500 prints available. I mean, there were 50 per page, and they spilled over into 11 pages of prints. Yeah. Um, so That's over easy that, is that a lot or not? Well, so, I mean, here's the thing. There may only be one of each one available, right? Maybe two or three. There, there are a few Jay, uh, Jay Shaw pieces that I think they had multiple available just because I remember they sat on the website for a while. 
but um, but otherwise, most of them, my guess is they only were making one available. One or one or two, yeah. It, it, it I would say that's a lot. It, these weren't all from just this past year. Gotcha. Because um, there oh, were yeah. there were a couple of them from several years ago that were like, I can't believe I'm seeing these on yeah, there because okay. that, they've been sold out for years. Yeah, and they've actually pulled a couple off because there are some Ollie Moss pieces that are now missing, even though they were on the site, they were for sale, hmm. and they did get sold. Now, here's the cool thing too: they sell them for the original sale price. So other artists will do flat file, like we'll, we'll make their stuff available that's previously sold out, but typically they make them available for market value or like twenty percent under market value, something like that. I saw a couple right. people do that for Black Friday this year. Mondo releases it for the original sale price. So, like, literally, there was an Ollie Moss print on here that if you go to eBay, you see them listed for $1,100 a piece, and you could have bought it for 90 bucks if you were quick enough. So, anyway, the deal is these things sell out quick. I mean, my guess is under 30 seconds, they're all gone. Um, and some of that depends on your internet, stuff like that, whether or not you even get a chance. So, uh, last year was my first year um trying to get something i ended up with nothing i took too much time to look around big mistake it was gone so this year um i i did manage to snag one of the black friday prints and i just want to tell you about my experience doing that i want to give you some tips for how you can maybe snag this or another mondo print in the future so um well you can't snag this one because it's patrick's it's already in route to patrick's house everything you said is true that's yeah, that's true. Um, I guess if you uh, had an elaborate heist, maybe. Mm, um, so, I like that. So anyway, here's the deal. So I, this stuff sells out fast. You do not have time to look, and so literally, what I did for Black Friday, uh, and this was somewhere in Cincinnati. I had McKenzie driving. I was uh, navigating the computer, but um, all I did is when it hit zero, I immediately it's paginated. It was paginated last year, so I figured it'd be paginated this year. That what means does that, mean? that Yep. It's not one long, continuous page. There are actually separate pages you can jump to. So what I did, the pagination's at the bottom. I, so as soon as I loaded the page, I scrolled to the bottom, and I jumped to the last page. That's page 11. Because you have to figure that most people are going to start on page 1, and they're going to move from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4, right? So they're gonna less people are going to be on the last page. Now, at the same time... I also figured that the last page, there might be some other people doing this as well, and so that might be a, a popular point to come in on too. So what I did is I jumped to the last page, and I immediately jumped in a couple times. And I ended up on page um, uh, five. That's where I ended up. And then at that point, what I did is I just scrolled down the page, and as soon as I saw something that I recognized the property and the artist, I bought it. Because after that, you're not going to get anything. That's like literally the amount of time you have is to click twice, scroll down, buy something. Mm. I didn't know if it was worth anything. I didn't know like the edition number. All I knew is that it was Martin Anson and it was an Iron Man 3 print. So I recognized the property, I recognized the artist, and I purchased it. Now, it's a super cool looking print. I am excited to get it. Uh, it does, you know, it is the case that it's it's worth a bit more than I paid for it. And that's certainly great. But what I would say is even moving this quickly, I still was going to pick up something that aesthetically I enjoy because ultimately I would like to be able to hang it on my wall and I would like to, you know, be able to hold on to it. So um, it was a fun experience. It is like your stomach is in like the back of your throat or something, or your your heart's in the back of your throat, whatever. It's it's a it is a surprisingly stressful experience. So 
that's how I approached that this year. I managed to snag a print. Excited to get it. Can't wait to actually see it in person. I'm hoping that they messed up and accidentally shipped me one of the Ollie Moss pieces. Um, but if yeah, I do get my, the answer, my estimation I'll be happy. is uh, my yeah. All of my experience with Mondo is that they send you just a bunch of random stuff. It, like it really doesn't matter what you purchase; they just send you whatever they have lying around. So that's a good chance that that's going to happen. Um, that's yeah. why they've gotten to be such a successful business. Uh, business models like that, where you buy one thing and then they send you something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely uh, for sure betting on it. Absolutely. So, you I know, mean, to be fair though, with all of your other like collectible purchasing things, that's not out of the realm of possibility for you, or that you'll never actually get it because it'll be say, somewhere lost in transit. Most likely is that I just won't ever get it. That that would more fit my uh, my luck. You know, if I ended up on page six, I would have been staring at Alimas, which would have been nice. Um, so anyway, the other thing is for people that purchased one, you know, we had a couple people miss out on that um, on that Kubo. Well, I think on that Kubo print this week, um, we definitely had people miss out on the Black Friday stuff. And I hate to see people in the community like want a piece to hang on their wall and lose to someone that's just going to throw it on eBay. That's like, I, I really hate to see that. So if you want one of these pieces, this is my, I, I do want to tell you how I approach actually buying these. So Black Friday was a special thing. There's actually a countdown. You know, it's going to release the deal with the normal releases. They normally release on Tuesday. They normally release around 12 PM uh, Eastern time, but it can really be anywhere from 1130 AM to 12 PM. They always say it's a random time, but that's, that is the 99% where it falls. But the deal is, it's a similar thing in that when you go live, you may only have 30 seconds to purchase and it's gone. Well, the problem is if you don't refresh the page at the wrong time or you think it's going to release at 12 and it really drops at 11.45, you can very easily miss out. And in the case of Mondo, it is not a for sure... Like, being in your cart does not reserve it. So you can add something to I your cart. I learned that the hard way when I was trying to buy the Mike Mignola Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein piece. That was my very first Mondo experience. And I was upset. And I sent emails. Yeah. And now I know I have faces to all the people I sent emails to. And if you're listening, Eric, I'm sorry. Mitch, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rob, I'm sorry. <laughs> I recognize now that the way that I came off was super douchey. <laughs> so... The point is, it's not enough to be in your cart. So you need to act quick and you need to finish the whole checkout process. So if you're trying to get a Mondo print, and this might not be Mondo, this might be Hero Complex, which we love. This might be Gallery 1988. This might be Smoke Art. It could be any of these guys. Um, this is how I approach it. I personally use a program called Visual Ping. Visual Ping is a browser extension. What Visual Ping does is it monitors a web page that you determine for changes uh in appearance okay so it is it is and you can set the uh the interval how often it looks so i set mine on a one second interval and i set it specifically to monitor browser and not server okay i wanted to monitor monitor browser because i wanted to tell me in the browser immediately when something happens so i set it to browser i set it to one second interval and i start monitoring the page at that point if anything changes on the page you are going to get a ding on your computer. Make sure your speakers are turned up and understand that if it's a page that has advertisements that rotate, it's going to ding every time an advertisement rotates. Thankfully, Mondo doesn't. But like, I use this to get a drop on Amazon um, when the Coke bottles were dropping. And so that, you know, I was getting all the Amazon dings that were coming through. But anyway, the point is I use Visual Pink. 
I set it up starting at 11.30, and I let it run, and I go about my day. I keep working. I don't have to sit there and command R, you know, every five seconds. I do my job, and it runs in the background. As soon as it dings, and I'm already logged into Mondo at this point. As soon as it dings, I go and I reload the page. Normally, I reload the page so quick that there's nothing on the home page because they've removed what's there to put the stuff on there. So normally, I reload a little quicker than they get it on there. And then I just, you know, I'll, I'll refresh again if it's not on there. Uh, and then at that point, I see it, add to cart, purchase. I walk through the whole process in one swoop. I want you to know how full, and this is, I'm speaking now to the audience. I want you to know how full service the Master of One podcast is. We are so committed to you having a fantastic experience that that we are willing to tell you all of the things you need to do to beat us to the punch. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. really, you, Patrick is telling you how to make sure you own that print and not him. Let me and, tell you uh, how successful it's been. I, I, I need to look at my order history because I don't, I don't, I don't have it pulled up right now. I've only Minus, missed out on one thing. I have only then. ever missed out on one thing. It was the first thing I ever tried to buy. I missed yep. out on since then. One, two, three, four, five, I think I have six purchases since then, and I have that I've had six tries and six purchases since the first time. So it's um it, you know it works really really well. And so then you'll go on Twitter and you'll see these people complaining about how you released it five minutes earlier than you did last time, or it sold out super quick, or you don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be Andrew back in the beginning. This is your wisdom. Use yeah. something like Visual Learn, learn from our mistakes. It's an or, easier way to do it, and you're I mean. You know, as long as you have decent internet, Here's you're, the deal. you're nearly guaranteed to get it. Yeah. And so you can be technologically there, like with Patrick, and you can use these newfangled beeps and bloops and, and pings and pongs. That's fine. That's great. Go for it. <laughs> or you can do what I do, um, because I use Safari, and uh, there's not all these extension things and whatever. So I can... Um, what I do is I just set a reminder on my phone for 15 minutes prior to, so I set it for like, for, for, for me, the time it hits at is like, uh, I think it hits at like 11 my time. So I set my, my alarm for like 1035 or 1040. I log into the site. He's central time, not to be confusing. Cent- he's central yeah, time. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. And I just refresh refresh and i just set i set that side of time uh, when i know that there's going to be a, a a mondo release that i really want that i really want that I, there's a piece that i want or an artist that i want um i don't schedule meetings i actually block out that time on my calendar so that people aren't bugging me during that time chandra knows now when that happens that it's just don't like cooper was trying to ask me a question she's like don't talk to daddy right now he's working on something um because <laughs> Because, you know, you can just kind of get it and then it's it, it just happens more organically that way. There's nothing wrong, you know, with using those systems if you want to use them. But um, you, I'm just saying you don't have to use them. And my uh, I'm batting like 950. Um, I only missed yeah. out on the first one. And I think my Mondo uh, order list is is pushing 20 at this point. So my ratio is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Don't wait for the tweet. I know people follow oh, them, and no, I, know, no, 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 no. I know Mondo tweets out when it goes live. If you wait for the tweet, it's sold out. I'm sorry, you you're not tweet, getting it. There's a fairly decent chance you're not going to get it. So, yep. like, if that if that's your plan, you, it's bad, and you're not going to get it. So, <laughs> yeah. don't you, wait for you the mess, tweet. You messed up. Yeah, it, <laughs> he very passionately believes Somebody that you messed up. messed up. Somebody else just messed up too. 
You got that? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I just stubbed the crap out of my toe. Oh right, my god! So that's it. Yeah. My art and design is how to successfully get art and design when all these special releases are coming out around the holiday season. Enjoy. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, and that is a public service announcement from Patrick Hill, courtesy of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> um, that's it for this episode. A huge thanks to Tom for joining us. What a stand up dude, a classy guy. We should mention that if you are going to an IMAX, uh, I believe it's a Regal IMAX. Um, someone confirm that before we finish this thing um if you go to any of the imax that are part of this affiliation you will get a uh um a special ticket and there are three um three tickets uh what's the word i'm looking for yeah but there's a word and whatever um, these special tickets for the for the rogue one um that tom whalen designed and you can collect all three of them um, Regal Cinema. So if you go to a Regal IMAX, they're, do- they're doing them on three different release. Th- there's three different days. I think it's the 15th on like the, the preview or the premiere day on the 24th, which is Christmas Eve, and then the 31st of December. So if you go on those three days, you can collect all three. Um, and they put together like one scene and they're very, very cool. But Tom is a, a super cool guy. Thanks uh, to him for giving us a few minutes of his time, roughly 10 minutes. Um, and uh, you can find us on mf1podcast.com to find show notes and links to all the stuff that we talked about in this episode. Um, guys, it's been a really fun one. You can also yes. find us on uh, Slack. Slack is a great place to join us and talk with us throughout the day. That's a community that is all about art, all about um, love and affirmation and encouragement. It's not about love. That's that sounds weird. Well, hey, there are other the, there are other communities for that kind of stuff. Well, hey, and the people that we're having on Friday's episode are in our Slack community, so it's also a way not not to just learn from you know. Um, how do I say this? The point is you can learn from other artists. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yes. chock full of artists. You, it's not just like people wasting time, although it is people wasting time, me. but yeah, but yeah. you can learn <laughs> and grow from being in the community. Yeah. Uh, and there are, there are pros in there. Like 100%. The people in there are incredibly talented. Join us on the Slack community, m of one podcast.com slash Slack. Um, and, uh, you can join us in there. It's a great time. You can also find us on, um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Just search m of one podcast. We spend most of our time in Instagram, but, uh, you can find us in the other places as well. You can support the show, uh, with Patreon and go to patreon.com slash m of one podcast. That is a great way to, uh, to to help contribute to what we do here and expand what we're able to do. Yeah, absolutely. So um want to announce a couple new patrons that we have. So that's something cool that we do. If you support us at any level on Patreon, we, we like to give you a shout out on the show because we, we super appreciate it. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about... And that's about- honestly the least we can do. Yeah, we like to do a lot more, like uh, yeah. surprise episodes with Adam Grayson, for instance, yeah. last week. Yeah, um, that was a fun one. And that, that went out to all of our patrons, no matter what level they supported at, which is, uh, again, something really cool. We're glad we're able to provide that. Um, so we mentioned uh, last week or the week before that we were just one donation away from breaking uh, into our next uh, goal. And uh, Mr. Uh, Will Cox, uh, Will C, as you would know him, uh, stepped up and he pushed us over into our next goal. So uh, I yeah. would say ex- expect Huzzah. by... 
1st of 2017. And that sounds really far away when you say it that way. That's not that far away. We're talking about like five weeks. So yeah. just expect by beginning of the year that we will actually now be able to roll out that new goal. Um, and then, of course, Chris Petrosky, uh, super happy to say that he's now supporting the show. Thank Christmas you, Chris. Christmas Rodriguez. Rodriguez. <laughs> and then Mark <laughs> Bowden has jumped on. Y'all know him as um, Omarosh. <laughs> and, uh, man, we love that guy. He's stuck on a tiny little island, but uh, he's nice. His heart's way of bigger than his toys. home. <laughs> and his heart's way bigger than his home. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, he's going to uh, listen to that and be so happy that you said yeah. that. <laughs> and then our latest patron or super is, pissed. Yeah, yeah one, one or the other. other. It's gonna, it could go either way, honestly. I'm glad. And I then didn't our late, <laughs> our latest patron is Mr. Christopher Lee, also known as the Beast is back. Oh, awesome. you know, hey. you awesome know Christopher artist. Lee, also known as Nightcake Press. Uh, He's awesome. Creator of Luke's favorite pins. Um, so yeah, uh, man, this is said cool. His favorite pants. <laughs> his favorite pants. I imagine I um, love those two. Seriously, for all four of you, thank you so much. Um, and then there are other patrons as well. Um, but thank you to the four of you for jumping on board and helping. Um, it's 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 so cool to see this community grow. And uh, and that's all because of you guys. And we will continue to put out content. And we will continue to push ourselves and what we put out. Um, the, the more uh, engagement that we have from you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you can really, you can find us on our personal social medias. I'm Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. Patrick is the great Patsby with two A's. Luke is Luke Gall, but he doesn't really use uh, Instagram. So um, you can find us, but don't care about us. Get in Slack, care about everybody else. They're so much cooler than we are. We're out of this episode for now. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. Welcome our friend Tom Whalen back to the show. <laughs> I was doing so well. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this uh, part of the show. Up next, Master Categories. Uh, nope. Well, that's it for this episode. Nope. Well, that's it for this part of the episode. Up next, a special. Uh, nope. So that's it for this part of the episode. Uh, nope. <laughs> shut up. Everyone shut up. It's fine. Because you don't gangbang. And you don't have to stand on the corner and slam.